Welcome back. This is Dr. Norton, and I've got Hamlet lecture number three here for you. Now, I hope you're enjoying this play. There's so much to it, and uh, we could really discuss this for almost an entire semester. There's, like, as I, as I mentioned before, there's been so much written about this play. There have been so many productions, so much interest uh, throughout history. Uh, well, since the since the recording of this play originally in uh, the 16th century, um, but we've got to finish it up here. So I'm going to use some some good self-discipline and uh, and work away, work my way through some of the major major sections that are important here. I think um, well that are more important than others, I guess. Um, so we left off last time, and I had mentioned the fact that that Hamlet finishes. Oh, sorry, he he creates what's called the dumb show, uh, famously called the dumb show. Another term for that is called the is the mouse trap. Uh, it is the it is the play that he stages with what is called a traveling troupe of actors. And this was a common thing in the early modern era um, that these traveling troops of of actors would tr would go around and, and put on perform plays in a public public forum. Uh, Hamlet's looking at a, at a more of a bygone era, and that's kind of what we see here, a bygone era probably of the, of the Viking period, but definitely of, of, the, um, of a period where you had castles and, and knights and you had um, royalty who would host players like this for their entertainment. And so it's a bit of, a bit of both, right? It's, it's playing upon his own era of of drama and performance, this work that he is in, this work that he does as a playwright, Shakespeare, is playing upon that as well as playing upon a bygone era of, of traveling players, of those who would go around um, and perform these plays for in different castles and different cities and towns, uh, traveling troupe. And so kind of an interesting bit of meta Metafiction, if you will, or metadrama, drama about drama, or drama about the creation of drama. Whenever you have this kind of metafictional element in a piece like this, that's a good term for you to know, metafiction. And I'm using that very complicated term in a simple way for you right now, just being that this is a drama about drama, or this is a play about the making of a play. So why would that be important for this for this? Hamlet play we're watching or we're, we're reading. Well, there's many different reasons, but one is that um, as we watch Hamlet create a play to draw upon the emotions of his uncle, his murderous uncle, um, we also need to ask the question, what is Shakespeare putting on for us? And what is he trying to draw out of us? What kind of emotions, what kind of thoughts and ideas is he trying to stage before us with this play Hamlet? So I hope you're tracking with me. Hamlet puts on a play to catch the conscience of the king. The play is the thing that will catch the conscience of the king, is this famous line he says. Okay, so that's what Hamlet does for his uncle. Uh, Claudius is Hamlet's audience, right? That's his, his main audience. He doesn't care about anybody else. His eyes are on Claudius. How is Claudius going to react? What is this play going to do to Claudius? Hamlet has an idea. He believes this play will, will, will 
strike to the core of the king's conscience and he will react in a visceral way. He will storm out of the room. He will cry. He will weep. He will scream. So we have that dynamic. But then in a more meta way, metafictional way, metadramatic way, Shakespeare writes the play Hamlet for whom? For you, for me, for an audience full of of people in in the in the, in the early modern period, right in the 16th century, and so there's there's Shakespeare looking out from the wings, looking out from behind the curtain at us, and he has an idea about what he wants this play to do to us, to his audience, and so our job now is to figure what that figure out what that is. What is it that Hamlet has staged in Hamlet here? Sorry. What is it that Shakespeare has staged in Hamlet that he wants to see us react to? How does he want us to react to Hamlet and to the events that take place in this play? That, that is the question that we need to ask as we read. And so, um, again, that's called the dumb show or the mousetrap. Um, this is metafiction, metadrama. And certainly a few things are happening, right? The After the dumb show, um, the queen, Hamlet's mother, calls him to her chamber. And on the way there, he sees his uncle praying. He sees Claudius the king praying. and He's, he's going to walk in there and kill him right there. He's all alone. It's a perfect time to, to get some revenge. But then Hamlet says, oh, but if he's praying, that means his sins are forgiven. And I'll send him straight to heaven. What kind of revenge would that be? And this is kind of an interesting um, part of the play uh, that it kind of looks at the idea of, of what it is. What is repentance? What is um, what is damnation? What is salvation? How is that achieved? Here, um, Hamlet is playing with uh, some Roman Catholics idea, Roman Catholic ideas about um, purgatory, heaven, hell, forgiveness. Um, prayer, repentance. And so Hamlet chooses not to kill him. He wants to wait until he finds or catches his uncle in some sin, and then he'll kill him and send him straight to hell. So Hamlet doesn't, doesn't want to just re wreak revenge upon his uncle physically, but he also wants to wreak revenge upon his uncle spiritually. And this seems, again, to be um, a punishment fitting the crime, because that is exactly what Claudius did to King Hamlet, and that is why the ghost of Hamlet's father is not resting. He is um, in angst, in, in purgatory, uh, forced to wander the night in turmoil until until revenge has been enacted. So kind of an interesting use of some purgatorial and uh, other ideas about heaven and hell eschatology. Uh, that are kind of interesting for the day, especially. Um, how might we understand his conversation about heaven and hell representatively? Well, I mean, part of what we see actually take place is is what we call dramatic irony, right? It's dramatic irony in the fact that Hamlet sees one thing, and yet we as the audience see something else. Hamlet sees his, his uncle praying and thinks his uncle is actually repenting of sins. We, as the audience, see the fact that Hamlet's uncle says, my prayers 
do not go above the room. They bounce off the ceiling and come back down. These are not prayers. I cannot pray. I'm unable to pray. We, as the audience, are able to see that he's not able to pray. And so for us, as the audience, it's less about heaven and hell and forgiveness and really more about the appearance versus the reality. Appearance versus reality. That's a good tension in this play. Appearance versus reality. We see some of that early on in the play when Gertrude tells Hamlet she wants him to um, not act quite so sad. Um, it seems that you are acting sad. And he says, it's not so seeming. I am this thing. Um, he says to her, uh, I'm, I'm flipping back right now to that, that, that line um, where he says this. It's not, it's not a matter of seeming. This is what I am. I am acting in the way that I am. I, my, my exterior represents my interior. And um, you've got me all wrong. Uh, it basically what he says to her. Um, let's see. It's right here. Act 1, scene 1. Or actually, Act 1, scene 2. Um, yeah. Gertrude says... Act 1, scene 2, line 73, um, the queen says, If it be, why seems it so particular with thee? And she's talking about, why does it seem like you're mourning for so long? And he says, seems, madam? Nay, it is. I know not seems. Tis not alone my inky cloak, good mother, nor customary suits of solemn black, nor windy suspiration of forced breath. No, nor the fruitful river in the eye, nor the dejected behavior of the visage, together with all forms, moods, shapes, grief that can denote me truly. These indeed seem, for they are actions that a man might play. And here we have this notion of playing, playing a role, playing a part, appearance, putting on appearances. And he says, that is, 